0: Today we're in the middle of this series that we're calling Who Needs God? Bottom line is we all need God, amen? But we're in the middle of this series and if there's ever been a series where you kind of need a catch-up Sunday from a previous message, this is it. Like previously on, you know, TV and they kind of show you what happened the week before. Well, this this message is kind of like that because last week's message may have been a real mind-bender for some of you. It may have been a mind-bender for you because we learned that Christianity is based first and foremost on the Lord Jesus Christ. Christianity is based on Jesus because He, the living Word of God, existed long before the written Word of God. So we learned that Christianity began before the Bible existed We learned that Christianity was changing lives and nations long before the Bible was written. And we learned that Christianity does not exist because of the Bible, but instead, the Bible exists because of Christianity. But saying that, as I begin, take a look at this on the screen. We believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. No errors. Amen? The inerrant word of God that God himself inspired his followers to write. To do what? To serve as the final authority and guide for how we, his followers, are to live our lives. The Bible is God's word, and God's people are to follow it day in, day out. But we want you to know that Christianity did begin and flourish Because of the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then Christianity has continued to flourish because of the people reading what God inspired his followers to document in the Bible about his life, his death, his resurrection, and life after death in heaven. And it's important to think this through. It's important to know this because when some professor that your students go to college and listen to, or when someone in your circle of friends begins telling you that they cannot just believe in the Bible because of something they can't understand yet, or because of something that they think just can't be true, that is when you can say something like this I'm sorry that you're struggling, and although you are struggling with what the Bible says, I want you to know that I believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God and that God wrote it to inspired his people to write it so that we could live by it. But I also want you to know that Christianity did exist long before the Bible, and my faith is based not only on the Bible, which it is, but on Jesus Christ who lived and died and rose again before the scriptures were put together. And I do want you to know that the historical evidence is clear. That Jesus really lived. That Jesus really died on the cross to pay for our sins. And that Jesus really did rise from the dead. That Jesus really did then appear to more than 500 people before he ascended into heaven. And that he ascended into heaven before eyewitnesses. Whom he had already told, I'm ascending to the Father. Your Father, my Father, my God, and your God. John chapter 20. Take a look at what he said there. And even if you don't believe the Bible or anything I've just said, you can say to your friend who doesn't believe, I want you to know that beyond all of this, I have a personal relationship with Jesus. I want you to know that he walks with me. He talks with me. He strengthens me. He provides for me. He is my best friend. You see, folks, the bottom line is this. You and your friends may never come to a place where you may understand every jot and tittle of the Bible or where you can defend every word of the Bible, but you can come to a place where you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, the living Word, who in the beginning was the Word, who in the beginning was with God the Father, who in the beginning all things were made through him, and that the word Jesus became flesh and then made his dwelling among us. And it is his words, it is his actions that are documented in the Bible by people who listened to him, by people who watched him, by people who saw him die, by by people who looked at his empty tomb, who people then ate with Him breakfast on the beach after He rose from the dead, and then wrote what they had heard and seen as God inspired them to write, as God breathed into them the things to write. So listen, you can have a personal relationship with Jesus, God the Son, the living Word who became flesh and lived among us. So who really needs God? You do, amen? I do we all need God and we all need his word because he God the Son is the only one who can lead you to home in heaven he's the only one who can cause you to live forever with God the Father in fact take a look at this the Bible says Jesus says this in the Bible he who believes in me shall live even if he dies wow isn't that awesome He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. And Jesus also says in the Bible, no one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other name, there is no other person that can take you and get you to God the Father in heaven. No other other name, no Buddha, no Muhammad, no other faith can get you to Jesus Christ, get you to God the Father except for Jesus Christ. There's no other name by which man can be saved, says the Bible. And so you and I, we need a personal relationship with Jesus to live with God after we die. Not one of us gets to the Father except through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, saying all of that, I want you to focus on this today. And I want you to know this. What did Jesus, God the Son, say about God the Father? What did Jesus teach about his Father? What did Jesus say about God the Father, that person that we can't get to after we die unless we go through Him, Jesus? What did Jesus say about the Father that He really wants us to know? Well, Jesus said a lot of things, taught a lot of things about the Father. But this morning, here are three things that He said. First of all, write this down. Jesus said, God the Father is spirit. God the Father is spirit. To the woman at the well, you may remember this scripture well, Jesus said, God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. So that means, no, you can't see God the Father because he is spirit. But even though you cannot see him does not mean that he does not exist. Just like you can't see gravity, but it exists and you see the effects of gravity all of the time. The older I get, I jump. Man, I fall hard. Amen? (laughs) You see the effects of gravity all the time, but you can't see gravity. You can't see wind, but it exists. But you can see the effects of it all the time. You can't see faith. You can't see hope. You can't see joy. You can't see happiness. But they all exist, and you can see the effects of those things. In the same way, God the Father exists even though you cannot see him. But you can see the effects of his existence all around you. You can see his creation, amen? You can see God do miracles in our lives. You can see God set people free and deliver them from all kinds of addictions and all kinds of sinful habits. You see the effects of this God who exists. And beyond that, he sent then Jesus, God the Son, so that you could see what he is like. So you could see his nature. To his disciples, Jesus said this. Look at this. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me, "...has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? These words I say to you, I do not speak in my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing His work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves." Listen, when it comes to what God the Father is like, just look at Jesus, amen? Jesus is a picture, the picture of the Father. So when you look at Jesus, you're looking at the Father. So when you look at the acts of love of Jesus, you're looking at the love of the Father. When you look at the compassion and the mercy and the grace that Jesus showed, you're looking at the compassion, mercy, and grace of the Father, When you look at the righteousness and holiness of Jesus, you're looking at the righteousness and holiness of God the Father. To his disciples, Jesus said, If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. So even though God the Father is spirit and you can't see him, you know what he's really like by looking at Jesus, God the Son. And all God's people said, Amen. That's the bottom line, folks. So Jesus said, first of all, God the Father is spirit. Then Jesus said, God the Father is a father. He's a real father. To the disciples, Jesus said this. When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. You know that well. Jesus said to his disciples, when you pray, say, Father, because he is your father. He thought you up. You were no accident. You were no mistake. He thought you up. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He actually did that. He had the right sperm find the right egg. (laughs) God was involved in all of that. You may not think about that, but God was involved in all of that. He knit you together, says the word of God, in your mother's womb. He desires that you follow him as one of his children. He put the breath of life into you. You are His creation. You are His child. And like a good father, He desires to help you, to teach you, to protect you, to prosper you, to bless you. In fact, He desires to spend every single day with you right here and now as well as in eternity. God the Father is a good, good Father. Amen? He is a good, good Father. Now, my earthly father, my dad, passed away just about nine years ago. Can you tell my mom likes flowers? She's still living uh, in Iowa. But my dad passed away about nine years ago. And as I've, his anniversary of his passing is coming up, and so this kind of came up to my heart when I was preparing this week. And I can't remember a time when I was growing up when my father wasn't working two jobs to provide for our family. He was always working our farm ground he was and raising livestock and doing all of that, but the farm was small. but he was also always driving a van to pick up people 's dirty laundry, take it to a cleaning facility when it was clean, take it back to his customers, or he was always driving a school bus or he was always driving a gas truck taking bulk gas to farmers' uh, homes and farms and we had all had big gas tanks that we'd fill our tractors up out of. And so he, God, was, God was just using Dad in, in phenomenal ways to provide for our family. But he was always working two jobs. And so my father didn't have a, a lot of extra time. He didn't have a lot of extra energy. Didn't have a lot of extra money to give to us his family. But you know what? When I wanted to buy my first car, hit 16, wanted to buy my first car... He didn't have the money to help me do that. So I got a job and we went into the bank and I asked for a loan. Back in those days, it was $750 <laughs> to buy my first 1964 Chevrolet Impala, Hurst shifter on the floor, all that good stuff. So I wanted to go buy my first car and Dad co-signed for that loan knowing that if I defaulted, he would be in trouble. And I saw my dad do stuff like that all the time. And then when I needed gas to go run in a track event in high school or when I needed gas to go to a youth group event at church or when I needed gas to go play and sing in a concert in some church, he'd say, Larry, go go fill up your car at the farm gas barrel. Go Just go fill up your car. And especially when I was playing and singing in a church somewhere, when it was about to start, Here comes my dad, dragging in, tired, after working two jobs, just giving his whole heart. In walks dad and mom walk in and sit down to watch their son. My father helped me. My father supported me. My father blessed me in many, many different ways. He was a good earthly father. But in the same ways, and even far greater ways, God, our heavenly Father, is a good, good Father. Amen? He's always watching us. He's always providing for us. He's always protecting us in ways that we don't even know about. Holding back evil from us. He's always comforting us, carrying us, strengthening us, coming alongside of us. Jesus said, God the Father is spirit, but God the Father, (laughs) he is a father, amen? He's a father. And next, then Jesus said, God the Father is love. He is love. Now, what does that mean? We talk about the love of God all the time, but what does that really mean? Well, a swimming pool is filled with one thing, water. And God the Father is filled with one thing, and that is love. His baseline, bottom line nature is love. That means that when you dive into a swimming pool, you experience water. But listen, when you dive into a relationship with God the Father, the thing you experience is love. Amen? Love. When you dive into a a deep relationship with God the Father, His love cleanses you. His love comforts you. His love, like water, surrounds you. And His love can even float you through the difficult times of life. Amen? That's the love of God our Father. To His disciples, Jesus said, God the Father is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. To the disciples, Jesus said, whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And God the Father says to us, I will show you my love, look at this word, forever. It's like he's kind of saying, dive into a relationship with me and I will saturate you with my love forever. You ever been in a swimming pool so long you just felt like everything starts to wrinkle up? <laughs> You're just saturated with water everywhere? It's kind of like God is saying, I'm gonna saturate you with my love forever. What an awesome promise. And the Bible says, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, God never stops loving you. Not even when you accuse him Of not being with you. God where are you in this? He doesn't stop loving you. He never stops loving you. When you accuse him of not helping you. He never stops loving you. When you blame him for something bad. That's happening in your life. Keeps on loving you. He never stops loving you. When you promise him. That you'll not sin in some way again. But you do it again. He never stops loving you when you promise that you'll read and obey his word, but you don't, keeps on loving you. God never stops loving you. God is love, and his love is unconditional. And all of God's people said, amen, aren't you glad? And the Bible says God has shown how much he loves us. It was while we were still sinners that Christ died for us. Man, that's love. God the Father sent God the Son and allowed Him to be crucified to pay for our sins. And even though He knew that many of us might never turn from our sins, He loves us, His creation, so much that He allowed the Son to go through unimaginable pain so that we, His kids, could have a chance to live and reign with Him in heaven. Folks, our God, God the Father, is a God of love. A God of love. So Jesus says about God the Father that he's spirit, that he is a father to us, and that he is love. So here's what I want you to do this week. I'm going to give you homework assignment this week. I want you to go home, and this week for your quiet time, for your Bible reading time, I want to ask you to read the book of John the book of John now it's not some novel with 365 pages okay the book of John maybe 25 pages that's maybe three or four pages a day so I want to encourage you to go home read the book of John this week and I want you to ask this question as you read it whether it's during your breakfast time or lunch time or time. ask this question as you read it what am I learning about God the Father From God the Son. What is Jesus saying about God the Father that He wants me to know? And I want you to come back next week and we'll pick this up. How many of you just automatically love to do homework? (laughs) I know some of you. All right. But go home. Read the book of John this week. Would you bow your heads with me? Father... For those of us who have received Christ into our lives, we have experienced you as the Spirit who speaks to us and leads us and convicts us. We've experienced you as the good Father that you are. We've experienced your love over and over again. And today we recommit to follow you like never before. But Father, for those who have not yet experienced Jesus Christ coming into their lives and experienced your love, I, I pray that you'd help them to do that right now by simply praying this prayer in their hearts after me, if you'd like to receive Christ this morning and dive deep into the Father's love, would you simply pray, Father, I believe that Jesus lived. I believe He died on the cross for my sins. I believe that He rose from the dead. So Lord Jesus, I invite You to come into my life. Be my Savior, be my Lord. I confess that I have sinned. I ask for your forgiveness. Come live in me. Save me. And best that I know how, I will live for you. This morning, if you prayed that prayer in your heart, you meant it, You you slip up your hands and say, Pastor, I prayed that. Pray for me this week. Amen. Amen. All right. Now I'd encourage you to simply on the back of your response card this morning just check I I recommitted my life to Christ or I prayed to receive Christ into my life just check that on the card so I can send you some stuff in, in the mail it would just be helpful just encouraging Father I thank you that you are a good father thank you Lord Jesus that you came not to condemn us but to save us to be with us to take us home to live with you in that place you're preparing for us Lord, we praise you, we thank you, we worship you in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen.